You're listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge. This episode of Agency Dealmasters is brought to you by Account Insight, the B2B programmatic platform for B2B agencies. Account Insight helps you deliver targeted, tailored ads to high value companies because today's B2B buyer, we all know this, decides digitally and in teams of up to 40 people. Account Insight helps you solve the problem of marketing to whole accounts, not just to one person. And that's the reason why smarter B2B marketers use account-based advertising. It was founded by former WPP executives, very smart people who had extensive experience building and delivering B2B solutions. Several friends of the show and many, many B2B agencies use account insight to deliver targeted tailored ads you can find out more about them at accountinsight.ai this week on the podcast i have an extra special guest judith niederschelp has had a phenomenal career and has led world-renowned b2b brands such as heart hanks aberdeen group and spiceworks ziff davis if there is anyone who can tell us how the best b2b brands go to market it's Judith Niederschelp. We talk about everything from uh, the use of intent data to drive commercial outcomes for clients, linking content to the buyer journey, data versus creativity. And for someone who spent so much of her career advocating for the merits of data and precision, she's surprisingly enthusiastic about the importance of brand metrics. She tells you how important they are and how you need to have both in equal measure. Just an absolutely fascinating viewpoint. By the way, stick around to the end of the interview to hear my chat with Tony Chamilias, the COO and co-founder of Account Insight, the sponsors of this episode. I'm just going to stop talking now and just say, without me keeping you in suspense any further, my conversation with Judith Niederschelp. My name is Nathan Anibaba, and this is Agency Dealmasters. Agency Dealmasters is a series of conversations with world-class agency leaders building great agency businesses. I believe everyone belongs in the growth journey, and this show is dedicated to the stories and the lessons of ambitious agency builders of all types by examining their history, competitive advantage, and what makes them tick. Now, let's jump in. Judith Niederschelp is the CEO at Demand Studio. They run a unique and global approach to planning, implementing, and delivering integrated demand acceleration solutions. Previously, Judith was Managing Director at Hart Hanks and Aberdeen Group and is a guest lecturer at Warwick Business School. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation. Judith Niederschelp, welcome to Agency Dealmasters. Thank you very much, Nathan. I'm, I'm honored to be here today and I look forward to our chat. You've got an amazing background in history, uh, steeped in, in demand generation for the biggest B2B brands around. You led Hart Hanks and Aberdeen Group and, and Spiceworks, Ziff Davis, for over a 20-year-plus career. Tell us what you feel are the most significant changes in how B2B businesses kind of win new clients and, and go to market today versus when you started in the industry? Yes, of, of course. And yes, it's been a long time. I sometimes can't believe it myself. But yes, I've been a long time in marketing services for really most of my professional career. 
And of course, you know, over 20 years, things have changed quite dramatically. But uh, predominantly, really, in regards to the development on, of technologies and how this really enabled companies and also marketing services providers to be much more on target and be much more sufficient. When I first started, you know, there were only a few technologies around. And now look at it, you know, everything is on tap for any marketer. You don't need to invest a lot of budget to get, you know, the the most performing um, tools and, and portals in place. It's almost too much choice, I feel, sometimes for someone to, to get onto this uh, digital journey. So technology, of course, and with this, you know, the whole drive to be kind of engaging digitally. So in most journeys, of course, as we know, for all of us, happen already digitally somehow. So as a marketer, you obviously want to engage and want to be in people's mind as early as possible when they start their journey. So this whole kind of digital approach, of course, is, uh, has been you know, a revolution over the last uh, X many years. Um, but also, I think, you know, if you think back three years or so, you know, data privacy became a big topic. We had the GDPR implementation. So companies and marketing services organizations have to be much more, you know, informed and also on target in regards to, you know, respecting all the data privacy rules um, across all different uh, countries and, and channels. So I think that's that's it. And if I just quickly add maybe in regards to talent, you know, you mentioned I, I lecture also at the university. I see, you know, how young people are already being made familiar with all the latest technologies that drive modern marketing um, services. Hmm. So as you said, there's been an explosion of data. Uh, our ability to target individuals now has has massively increased. You know, there's been an explosion of, of channels I guess it's even harder for marketers now to keep up with the the number of places or the number of places where their c customers are are um, are hanging out online, and I'm sure this is something we we'll talk about throughout the the interview. Do many of the features of demand gen and the way that B two businesses go to market today still excite you from kind of the early days when you started in the industry? So as a general answer here, yes, absolutely. I still love what I'm doing. I'm still loving the field of marketing services, but I have been very lucky. I worked and led for some of the leading marketing services companies, you know, like Hartanks, Ziff Davis, Aberdeen um, Research. And by being part of such organizations, it never really stands still because we always need to come up with yet the latest um, technology, yet the, the latest uh, service. So we always have been very innovative in regards to being that provider that has yet, you know, an, a new edge to traditional marketing services. So as an example, we were one of the early ones who came up with an, a Bitstream-based intent offering, actually under Hartanks Aberdeen, we acquired a company uh, and we really built out that service line and we were pretty leading in that field, where now there are so many different providers out there. Um, you know, that's just one example. Another example would be we are now looking at really engagement-based intent. So yet again, another element to feed into intent inside to make us, you know, uh, different, 
but also to enable our customers to be much more specific, much more targeted. So yes, Nathan, it absolutely excites me still, but it was never really the same over those 20 years or so. It always developed, you know, into yet another area. And if I may just uh, refer to my customers, you know, again, we, we mainly focused and focus on uh, leading tech companies in B2B. So they are, of course, very innovative. They always are uh, adopters of the, you know, the latest and greatest. So incredible teams to work with where you really kind of bounce off each other, coming up with, you know, great new ideas to how, you know, engage um, and activate um, programs. So let's talk about some of those tech businesses that you've worked with either now or or in the past. I mean, with the splintering of, of media and our ability to hyper-target individuals, there are so many ways for B2B buyers to kind of reach their potential buyers. How do the best tech B2B businesses win new customers and grow today? I think the holy grail really is that it's not just one thing or just one way. You really have to have a holistic approach to it all. You know, by by building your marketing strategy and then underpinning this with, you know, appropriate plans and and programs. So great, you know, achievers in regards to to marketing are the ones that really have, have mapped it all out. They would understand exactly their market. They have done a lot of analysis to understand where they will be most successful in selling. And then, of course, they build, you know, their engagement based on that understanding. They have a content strategy. They have different engagement tactics, depending on where their potential buyers are in their, in their, in their journey. So it's really a, a multi-touch approach and a multi-initiative you know, initiative approach. There is not one thing. So someone does it well when they have this almost like, you know, an always on engine that really tackles it from A to Z and then that in an ongoing manner. Can we share an example to bring this to life for, for the audience? Maybe walk us through a kind of a typical buyer journey for a decision-making unit, perhaps in a large B2B tech business. Um, you know, let's say they're targeting many regions, multiple buying units, there's, you know, high average order values, you know, for, you know, for a typical kind of large B2B tech business, what, what does that typical journey look like and what content aligns to each of those stages? Yes, absolutely. So um, you really have either you, you know already who your best potential customers are. So that would be you have an, an account based and you know you want to sell or upsell into those organizations. But sometimes you don't quite know that yet. You know you have an offering for, let's say, the mid-market, but you don't really know within that big you know, potential market of yours, where do you want to focus? So you really want to understand your ideal uh, best customer. So you want to analyze data and want to have enough data insight to come up with a prioritized list of companies that, you know, look very much the profile um, where you can be successful in selling your, your offering. You could use intent for this, where you could look at, you know, organizations that already show some, you know, intense signals for your offering. So that could be one way as well to, 
to segment your market and prioritize it. And then what you really want to do is you come up with an engagement strategy that aligns you know, with the content you want to engage your market with based on which persona you are talking to and also you know, where this persona, this contact is in their decision-making process or buyer buying journey. So it can become quite complex, but really the devil is in the detail to really map this out and, and really engage with people at the right time with the right content. And you want to make sure you have this as an ongoing process because not everyone, of course, will convert directly into a form fill or a sales engagement. It will take many, many approaches, of course. And you start with, you know, creating awareness in most cases where you use content that is a little lighter, you know, that is visual, that is easy to consume. And it should really be agnostic content. It shouldn't be a benefit and, and feature-led uh, content. So little check bites, smart bites, an infographic. So you create awareness and then, you know, that hopefully will entice someone to consume more information and they start considering your brand. So then you, you engage with a little bit more substantial content like a research report or, you know, an ebook or a webinar uh, participation. And then when you, you know, go into, again, pushing them through the sales cycle and they might be ready to consume now, you know, in their decision-making phase, some really product and feature-led content by your brand because now they want to understand well, why do I want to buy from X versus, you know, Y vendor. So this whole journey needs to be mapped out. And then, you know, a retention program, of course, because then, you know, even then it's not, it's not completed. So we look at the buyer's journey actually as a infinity loop, if you like. The journey of engagement and retention is, is almost never ending. Really interesting. And and I can see how the use of data will be crucial to understanding where your buyer is in that journey and to be able to serve them the right the right content to kind of help help them along in that buying decision. But there's been a lot of data and research recently, specifically by the B2B Institute and LinkedIn and Ehrenberg Bass, to suggest that in B2B we are overemphasizing the importance of data and hyper-targeting and underplaying the importance of brand and top of the funnel and using emotion to drive decision-making in B2B decisions, you know, where, where we know that we're far more emotive in, you know, in B2B than we ever were led to believe before. We're, we're all humans at the end of the day and, and we make rational and irrational decisions at, at, at times. Talk about the role of brand and emotion in a B2B buying decision. And to what extent do you agree with or disagree with the fact that we're underplaying the importance of emotion and brand building by focusing so much on intent? Yes, yeah, so it's absolutely vital to really look at, you know, the the creating of the brand awareness. So your your brand and with this the emotional bond to this brand versus the the execution, so the more tactical kind of sales-led initiatives. You know, you really have to have both in play. And this goes for startups and young companies as much as for, of course, the, the key players in, uh, in the industries. You have to do both. 
So particularly, you know, advertising programs and with this also intent-based advertising programs, they're really aiming at building this brand awareness. Yeah, they want to create a bond with the brand. They want to drive you, of course, to a landing page and then explore more in regards to this brand. But it's absolutely vital. I think most of the budget, you know, is and should be spent on, on that first of the more strategic, you know, growing your brand awareness and then the execution, of course, you know, um, budget is important there as well, but um, neither goes with, uh, without the other. So they're, they're equally important. And, and do you have an opinion on when a brand should be investing in intent data and targeting versus brand building? For instance, you know, should a startup or a scale-up be investing in intent data from day one so that they can drive leads and demand right now because that's what they need to you know keep the business moving as opposed to a more established brand like a cisco let's say who maybe doesn't need to invest so much on demand gen and maybe more so now on brand building and and top of the funnel do you do you have an opinion there on when a brand should invest in intent data so in regards to intent data or intent-based solutions or services, they actually, intent is actually important in, in both of these situations. So to build your, your brand and to you know, execute intent-based advertising programs, you do use intent in order to understand where and when do I place the right content when running, let's say, a, a, a banner advertising program. Yeah? So we would use intent in order to place the banner at the right moment in time. When you go into demand generation or engagement programs, you would use intent to either prioritize your market so you spend the right sales effort on the companies that already show some intent or some interest in a specific solutions to accelerate really your, your sales approach. But intent can play and really should play a role in, in any initiative from creating a brand awareness all the way down to, to demand generation. It also helps you to understand what content, what topics are interesting to specific organizations or, or contexts within. So it helps in you know many different stages of the whole marketing um, approach. Agency Deal Masters is brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency. We help ambitious agencies talk to the right brands through the power of podcasting. Generate leads, win new business and increase reputation. Check out our clients' podcasts and find more resources to keep learning at bridgegrowth.org. Now, back to the show. So you say on intent, quote, the basics of an intent campaign are, number one, to understand who the customer is, two, prioritize the market, and three, engage. What areas do you think most B2B tech businesses struggle with the most? From my experience, and I mentioned this earlier, we've been, you know, leading in taking a bitstream-based intent offering to market at the time, and now we have, you know, additional engagement intent. 
Um, I found that companies struggled a little bit sometimes with making this intent data active, to activate it. You know, it was somehow easy to define what intent data do I need, how to actually identify the right intent, because you need to look into localization, specific keywords, specific publications. It's quite a process to, you know, define what is my right uh, intent data. But then to actually activate it was not always easy for customers. You know, where should this intent go? Should it go to inside sales? Should it go to sales? Should it go into marketing automation? Some companies struggled with this. And also, how do I consume it? Do I do it weekly, daily? How often does this change? So this can be a bit more tricky to really implement it into the activation part um, in a way that you actually can, you know, capitalize on it and also get some some return on your investment. So, but we help with this. And I actually also learned that now being, you know, at Demand Studio, we want to help with this more than we maybe have previously done. So we are not just saying, here's your intent access, here's your license, off you go. We are very much kind of hand-holding from A to Z, almost like a concierge service, because it can be a bit more challenging. Yeah, and we want to make sure, of course, that everyone gets um, some great results out of, you know, a service we provide. So so just on that then, I mean, in order to deliver an, an intent-based approach, it sounds as though the agency that a brand works with is is crucial. Um, they need to have the right mix of skills and processes and understanding of the, of the market. Maybe tell us, you know, give us an idea of what role the modern B2B agency has in this context and maybe what the right mix of skills and abilities are in order to deliver properly for clients? Yes, absolutely. So um, the level of skill, of course, should really be you understand this whole holistic approach and you can really, you know, consult your customer in how to segment the intent, but also how to actually activate it, how to implement it, how to get the best out of this. And again, that requires some understanding, not just of this, you know, inside of data, but really on the whole approach of how is modern and marketing done in the best possible way. So in my view, a, um, you know, a good marketing agency should be capable of fully understanding the process and also being capable of, of not just consulting, but also helping implement and execute. So the customer really gets the most out of this, this excellent, wonderful you know, intent data that technology allows us to 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 harvest these days Mm, completely just just going back to um something you said earlier about the importance of brand versus um kind of sales activation at the at the bottom of the funnel or or through the through the buyer journey what percentage do you think of of the brand's budget should be devoted to brand building versus sales activation is it 50 50 is it is it different in your mind does it depend on what stage in the revolution they are yeah, I'm just interested in on your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think we all fall into the trap that we think, oh, we need to do, you know, much more on activation because this is the quicker win and really need to drive, you know, sales pipeline and revenue quickly. But I think this is a wrong perception. I think more budget should be invested into building the brand because everything really flows from there. So maybe 60, 40 or even a little bit more depending on, 
you know, how well your brand is already established, but it should definitely be towards, you know, higher investment in regards to the the um, the strategy and, and the longer term brand building. Hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. Of of all the marketing activities out there, I mean, advertising's impact is probably the most difficult to research and, and quantify, especially kind of above the line advertising or out of out of home, which is I know not the exact topic of conversation today, but I'd be interested in your perspective on it. Um, there are a lot of complications with how people are exposed to advertising and the level of, of creative. Obviously, that's a, a big question mark as well. How, how do brands know if it was really advertising that had an impact on, you know, moving the dial commercially for the organization and not the environment where it took place? I mean, how do we quantify the impact of, of advertising, I think is what I'm asking. Yes, um, absolutely. And, you know, as with everything in, in marketing, we really need to find a way to track everything that we do. So every, you know, activity, every touch has to be recorded somehow so we can actually later see where does this, you know, result come from. So in regards to advertising, of course, as I mentioned earlier, intent-based advertising in, included here really drives more the brand awareness you're driving, you know, um, inbound traffic to a website, to a landing page, and you're hoping for, of course, some conversion or form fill at some point. Um, and there are ways to track all of this. If, if you put a, you know, a tracker on any incoming inquiry, you obviously can see at some point, oh, this actually came from a, you know, intent-based advertising program. I'm not saying all the following steps are not influential in this. Of course they are. And there's probably the difficulty which step actually, you know, made the sale in the end. But you can track, you can track all of this really. But what is important really is you can also influence this whole journey of an inbound traffic. So a visitor to your website, you want to make sure by understanding, you know, who that persona is. So if you drove, you know, a a banner ad campaign to your website, you actually know who these personas are. You want to make sure by um, engaging with them on your website with personalized and customized content that really will push them to the next level of engagement. So it's not as if you're not in control of this. Again, technology enables us all to do it. You will help people coming to visitors to your website get that, you know, personalized experience and hopefully driving them to a form fill and then of course you you continue with your next touch you know this is obviously the first uh, touch in the journey but you can track it absolutely and 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 so you should so as we said earlier you know investment into uh, brand awareness it is key and although it's maybe difficult to say if i had done it well you do a b testing as well you know compare some campaigns see, you know, what, what is the, the influence on the results. So there are ways to do it, to track and also to, to compare, you know, benchmark results. And of course, there's a huge data and privacy component to this as well. How is intent data compliant with EU regulations? I know there's a, you know, a hotly contested debate between what's happening in, in North America and, and, and Europe. How, how does it work to target people these days without, without cookies? 
Yeah, absolutely. So in the cookie issue is not really a new issue. We know there have already been changes in the past. And now we heard, you know, there's no major change until 2023. But, you know, in regards to, to marketing, data privacy, you always have to be informed and you always have to adapt. So we have lots of different solutions depending on, you know, the different laws in different countries, different regions. But also, let me say, Nathan, it's not just what you know the the regulations uh, demand sometimes we have or often we have customers who actually have even more you know strict regulations internally so it's not even only you know what is required by law it is actually what is required by internal data privacy uh, teams but there are lots of different ways to to be compliant you know you obviously want to make sure that you are not necessarily um, no, that you are not abusing any uh, personal data. So an IP address is potentially not falling into this, you know, even if you have, you know, have it somehow secured. But um, not going into it in, in detail, obviously, I'm not um, uh, coming with some legal advice here, but, you know, we have experts in the team who would look at every um, requirement by our customers and then we tailor make, you know, each program based on the legislations in general, but also their specific requirements based on their company policies. Judith, uh, this has been a fascinating primer and insight into uh, in, intent data and intent campaigns and kind of hyper-targeting for B2B tech businesses. Just before we leave you, final question that we ask everyone that comes on the show. What is it you know about B2B marketing and intent data and targeting today that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there isn't really anything that I could have known at the beginning of my career because there's just so much evolution and progress all the time. All I can say is it's a fascinating industry. I still love it. You know, it never is boring. There's lots of things we all learn constantly. And, you know, it's it's just um, a, a nice career. But unfortunately, I don't think there's much I, I should have known. It's just a progression, Nathan. You know, you learn so many things over over time. But one thing I maybe want to say is, you know, always stay curious, always try to learn and, you know, and enjoy it while it's doing. I think that's the most important, really. Great place to end. Judy, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Nathan. We have been speaking with Judith Niederschelp. She is currently the CEO of Demand Studio. If you enjoyed this conversation, then head over to Apple Podcasts where you can listen to over 170 such conversations we've had with world-class leaders in media, advertising, and the agency world. Head over to agencydealmasters.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter for exclusive subscriber-only content not shared on the main feed. Follow us on LinkedIn and send me a message there if you want to get in touch. We would be unable to do this show without our very own deal masters. Tyler Baller is our booker. Christoph Boaszczek is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to Agency Deal Masters. Tony, we just had a fantastic interview there with Judith Niederschelp. What a fantastic background and history she has. And I was particularly struck by the fact that for someone who's background and history is so steeped in data and intent data she was really quite bullish um 
and talked a lot about and advocated a lot for brand and the importance of brand, which actually a lot of marketers tend to think as quite soft in many ways. Um, did that surprise you? Talk a little bit about that. Thanks, Nathan, for the question. Um, I, I must say I really enjoyed listening to Judith and her points are really relevant. They come regularly in the conversations we have at Account Insight with different marketing leaders. From one side, this is the topic of intent, which really relates to the fact that there's so much data available out there that companies can analyze. And it's all about understanding who's in market. And B2B companies have to focus on the companies that, that they feel easier to transact to because they are in market. They're already looking for the solutions like theirs. So this element of intent data is is really coming more and more in our conversations. So it's, it's all about answering to the question, who's in market? And, and I think that's the fundamental challenge that uh, marketing leaders have today. Who's in market? I've got my products, I've got my story, but I need to focus on the ones who are ready to buy. Yeah. And that's a legitimate question. Now, let's connect this with brand generation, really. Because you could very well identify who's in market and you've got different tools that can help you with that. But the second thing is, they are in market, but are they ready to buy from you? Do they know of you? What opinion have they got about you? Have they got experiences with you or your competitors? And, and that's where brand generation, or in that sense, through what, what we support on accounting side, which is account-based advertising, hyper-targeting the, the right audiences, that's what, that's what we help in connecting the dots. One thing is that you need to sell to companies who, who are more, most likely to convert. But the, the crucial thing for marketing and there's, there's probably plenty of reasons why it's called demand generation. You need to generate this demand, yeah? The way to generate this demand is start by making sure that they recognize your brand and they can see you as fixing their problems. It's only when you're able to connect who's in market with why they should buy from you that you can build an effective demand generation program. And, of course, we at Account Insight come on top of the funnel, so we're able to target people like our solutions or competitive solutions, which run hyper-targeted advertising. It's, it's all about connecting the right people in the right companies with the right message. And being able to connect the dots between intent data and brand activation, it's certainly a big part of the answer to demand generation challenges nowadays. Well said. Tony Chamilias is the COO and co-founder of Account Insight, the emerging vendor of the year at the B2B MarTech Awards for 2021. Tony, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Nathan, for having me in. Uh, it's been a pleasure. You are listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency 